Welcome to the one and only Circle City Setup with your host and the one and only Zach Griffin. Hello! <laughs> Welcome back to Circle City Cinema. I am your host, as always, Zach Griffith, and I'm joined, per usual, on the Book of Boba Fett recaps with my good friend, Lynn Sanity co-host, Bryce Shaddy. Ah, uh, yes. I am back, because I am the throne, baby. <laughs> Bryson was the John Wick 3 reference. John Wick, which we were talking about today, I confirmed it. Uh, John Wick 4 was delayed. Wave it was a few months back, but still um, sad. It's fine. I will wait for Larry Fishburne to yes. be on my screen again. I will wait. wait as well. You know, he used to go by Larry Fishburne. Yeah, Lawrence Fishburne sounds so much better. It's more professional. Like in Apocalypse Now, he was credited as Larry Fishburne. See, I'd go with Larry for early. Fishburne, Lawrence now. Yeah, there's different eras. The ma- like, mature Larry. Once he hit Matrix era, he was like, it's Lawrence now. That's right. That's I'm going, right. I'm going by Lawrence. My, that, if he said, call me Lawrence, I'd be like, yes, sir. <laughs> yes. Yes, more. Yes. 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 Whatever you want. Whatever you want, sir. <laughs> but uh, well, like I said, we're back. Book of Boba Fett. Chapter four. Titled The Gathering Storm. Uh, only three episodes left after this one, bringing the total to seven. Uh, but first, Bryce, as always, uh, good things we've seen lately. I'll let you go first uh, because one of mine, I actually I had three things written down and only two of them are good. The other one I saw, it wasn't good. So okay, fair enough, fair enough. You go. Well, um, I had my uh, my first viewing ever. Uh, shoot me if you want of Goodwill Hunting this weekend. I won't shoot you. And it was excellent. It was an excellent film. Featured on this pod once upon a time. It, yes, it was. Yes, it was. Uh, favorite movie series. Am I correct? Yes. Look, uh, look at movie. Look, look at my look at my cinema history. <laughs> look at my cinema history. He knows right his history. Look at that. Look at that. Um, I thought it was very good. Um, definitely a rewatchable film. Um, a lot of quotes in there, no doubt. Um, and then I just watched the season three finale of Succession. I am now caught up. The world is in shambles. The Roy family. Uh, man, you want to talk about deception and backstabbing from the most unlikeliest of sources? Yeah, watch that. Wow. Watch that. Tell the folks at home the rating on IMDb for the finale. 9.9. Folks, that's about as high as you can get on IMDb. It's basically it, as high as you can get. You're really not going to see a 10. No. You're just not. 9.9. Everything comes crashing down on the Roy's. Um, everyone is left to fend for themselves. Zach, I'd be curious to see what your thoughts are when you start this show. Uh, I'd be well, curious. Once I wrap up Chernobyl, which I only have two episodes left, I will be jumping in headfirst to succession. Hopefully it will be done before the end of February. You know, I think I can do that. Uh, Yeah, I think so. I think so. Uh, And then um, I am now diving into the first part of season four of Ozark. Mm. 
the birds yeah. the birds return again like i i don't know if we talk about ozark on here but ozark is what we it's kind of what we had hoped breaking bad was for and, and i say that with with the most the utmost reverence to it right breaking bad was great but when you look at the characters you look at skylar from breaking bad you look at wendy from ozark skylar or wendy is what we had hoped skylar was in breaking bad and it, it just works and it, how so well you you kind of hope skylar was going to get on board and be okay you know with what walter was doing she never 100 percent did no, no, but but she had no problem giving away money. No problem at all. No problem. But but then, you know, we got Wendy who just once she's in it, she's in it. She wants to grow it. She wants the power and uh, she doesn't really like what she's what she finds. So maybe maybe Skylar played it the correct way. Maybe she did. I don't know. You gave her money to Benicky. The the infamous scene of uh, of Walter laughing in the crawl space uncontrollably <laughs> like a madman as Skylar looks on horrified. So, now that now that's an episode. If you if you just want to see like hopelessness from characters, that's a nine point nine. An that's an episode right there. Boy speaking, oh boy! Speaking of nine point nines, because we were looking up like famous. TV episodes, Ozymandias. Uh, maybe the most famous episode of Breaking Bad, also at a 9.9. 9. Uh, I believe that's episode. Spoiler alert! If you have sorry, seen Bad, sorry. sorry, it's been it's been almost. You've had <laughs> it's been long enough. It's been almost ten years since the last season, so sorry. Yeah, it's been on Netflix for even forever. Uh, I think that's episode Hank dies, isn't it? I believe so. Or the episode, yeah. So this episode, Hank dies. Jesse is taken prisoner. Walt has to go on the run. So that whole thing. A couple of Game of Thrones episodes also clocked in at 9.9. Battle of the Bastards, I think. think Winds of Winter. Yeah, I think that's uh, rightfully so. Yeah, Reigns of Castamere. Maybe the most famous episode of that show, Reigns of Castamere. So... Rightfully so. I'm sure there's a couple of Sopranos episodes in there as well. Uh, a couple of Wire episodes. Maybe some Mad Men. So it's in good company. That's what Sir Succession is. Uh, is that all you got, Bryce? Yeah, man. That's all. That's what I caught up on. That's all Bryce has. For me, the two things I watched that were good. Chernobyl, like I said before. Uh, living up to the 9.4 out of 10 rating that it has on IMDb. Very high. That's a very high rating. Um, I have two episodes left. Uh, it's really grisly, some of these. They're starting to show like the effects of the radiation on these firefighters oh. who oh. are the first responders. It's very grisly. Uh, not for the... Not for the light stomachs out there. It's very, uh, very tough to look at. Uh, shout out to the makeup department of uh, HBO miniseries Chernobyl, but great job. But yeah, really a, a wake up call. So great, really great so far. And then uh, the other thing I watched, The Great Gatsby. The Great Gatsby with Leo and and our boy Toby McGuire. Uh, I watched this with my. My girlfriend, Abigail, I had just finished the book and I don't know who else could have played Jay Gatsby besides. Was that your first viewing? 
So my second viewing. Okay. Okay. My first viewing was probably five or six years ago. It wasn't too long after it came out. Okay. Um, Leo made this and Wolf of Wall Street in the same year. So what a that's, run. That's pretty awesome. What a run. Um, I don't know who else could have played Gatsby. In the last movie before this one, Robert Redford played Gatsby. And I thought he did an okay job. That movie has a little bit lower rating on IMDb. But I, but I was struck at how colorful, like visually, this movie was. Very colorful. Very colorful. Could be an interesting 4K watch. I think I think it would be. I was actually thinking that when I was watching. I was like, this looks, this looks fucking good. And the guy who directed it, his name is Baz Luhrmann. He's directing the Elvis biopic that's coming out later this year. Um, he directed the Romeo and Juliet starring Leo from the 90s. Uh, also a colorful movie. So Baz Luhrmann, not a bad director by any means. That movie was really polarizing when it came out, but Leo, universal praise per usual. Uh, he did a great job. The only person I could have seen maybe playing Gatsby, slightly younger Brad Pitts. I think Brad Pitt, he was pretty charming in the 90s in some of his roles. I think he could have done it, but as for nowadays, I don't know. No. <laughs> Especially for 2013. I don't know. Uh, Gosling, maybe if he had more. Uh, I don't gusto. think he's got the grit. Yeah, I don't think he's got the grit on that. But Leo, one of one of his best roles. Um, and then the, the thing I watched that wasn't good, The Haunting in Connecticut. <laughs> um, the Haunting in Connecticut, a trailer that was very frightening as a kid when this movie came out in two thousand nine. I think it was. Very frightening trailers, but uh, not a frightening movie. I have it in parentheses on my dock. This movie blows ass. And it did. Oh, there we go. There we go. It blew major it is ass. Spoken. So, not great. So it's on HBO Max. If you want to watch it, don't. That's my don't. Uh, Some sad news. Moving into the news. Some sad news. Meatloaf has died at the age of 74. Uh, I mean, we're just losing. People are dropping like flies in 2022. Meatloaf, mm-hmm. obviously known for his music, uh, "Bad Out of Hell," one of the greatest albums of all time. His most famous movie roles: Fight Club, of course, uh, as Robert Paulson, uh, Bob, and then the Rocky Horror Picture Show from the, I believe, it was the 80s. So meatloaf, rest in peace. We were blaring some bad out of hell at work today to honor Mr. Loaf. So rest in peace. And then some big news last week, Bryce, the first, uh, I guess you could call it a teaser for the Lord of the Rings show on Amazon prime, the Lord of the Rings, the rings of power. It's finally been given a title. Season one will consist of eight episodes and it premieres on September 2nd. Bryce, I want to know if you think this is a red flag. Okay. Because we're going to talk about how much Bezos and company spent on this show. And I think you have, uh, our listeners will be blown away on how much they spent. But tell me if you think this is a red flag. So the director of the first two episodes of the series, J.A. Bayona. Would you like to know what else J.A. Bayona 
directed, Bryce? I'm afraid. But go Jur- ahead. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Oh, perfect. Yeah, because that movie was great. It was so good they had to make a third one. The movie sucked. The movie was awful. It made a shitload of money, as Jurassic Park movies do. Because it's a franchise. The franchise is running on fumes. I'm very curious to see. If you followed my tweets this weekend at all, you probably know my thoughts on that franchise. Yeah. Um, they're doing ads with the Olympics, which I think is a joke. But Well, well, Zach, in, that would be a very honorable mention for our, our next segment. Uh, as we foreshadow that. Ah, uh, yes. A new segment. A very new segment. Well, we'll get that later. Uh, Bryce, do you think this is a red flag? Because a lot of directors, they do fine with movies, and then they suck at TV shows and also vice versa. So what what do you think? What do you make of J.A. Bayona directing the first two episodes? I mean, of the it's, it's kind of hard to mess up. You know what I mean? Like, you've been given the keys to a kingdom. Right. With a reputation that is ironclad. Right. It's hard to mess up. I'd like to say it's going to be fine, but we really didn't think Star Wars was easy to mess up either. And they did. But here we are. Well, here's the thing is, you know, and the TV shows have done this at Lucasfilm. TV shows have consulted George Lucas. Like, I know for a fact... John Favreau had George Lucas on set for some of the Mandalorian filming. And why wouldn't you? Who knows Star Wars better than George Lucas? Nobody. Nobody. So. But but Peter Jackson. Exactly right. Why is Peter Jackson? No Peter Jackson involvement. Um, Other than Tolkien himself. Who (laughs) knows the books better. Or the, the lore of Lord of the Rings better than Peter Jackson. So. I just find it interesting that you have that resource there. And I found a quote from Peter Jackson saying he was more than willing to help and advise. If you have that resource there, this wealth of knowledge, this historic director who took this franchise to heights that probably didn't know possible. Why aren't you going to a, a trilogy of films? That I think is the best trilogy top to bottom ever made. Why, why are you not going to use it? I mean, honestly, it could be in a Criterion collection. It will be all three of them will be preserved by the, the Library of Congress. Yes. I mean, I think two of them already are. The first I one and the third that. one. So, I, I don't know. I, I have high hopes for this series. I just, here's, I, I, I'm, people are going to be nitpicky, man. People are going to come for it. They're going to be nitpicky and they're going to be very critical. And here's why, Bryce. Tell me, please. The total budget for this series $1.25 billion. Oh, nice chump change. I'm going to repeat that. Yeah, go ahead. $1.25 billion with the B dollars. We have a $1 billion. $1 billion of that is for the five seasons. So $250 million each. And they spent another $250 million just to acquire the television rights to the franchise. So, this mm. has to, in other words, this has to succeed. It has to work or it's not good. 
it's not good. I just say that. I don't want it to sound like I'm giving up on this before it even happens, but I'm just saying there's a lot of pressure. Are we going to review this? Are we going to review this? I was planning on it. Okay. Man, I'm a pretty big Lord of the Rings guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, never read the books. I read The Hobbit. I never read the... No, I didn't, the I didn't read the books. No, no, no. Might deserve a rewatch, though. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. So, um, the, the plot for this show, this is ripped from uh, Wikipedia. Set thousands of years before the events of The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings, the series begins during a time of relative peace and covers all of the major events from the second age of Middle-earth. Forging of the Rings of Power, the rise of the Dark Lord Sauron, which I am most looking forward to seeing, the story of the island kingdom of Numenor, and the last alliance between elves and men. So, just based on the plot, I'm in. I mean, I was in before I even knew the plot. Okay. All right. All right. Sounds like fun to me. So, I'm in... uh, and I'm uh, here's a fun fact, guys. I'm going to see Return of the King at the Historic Artcraft Theater in Franklin on Saturday. Yeah, not that Zach asked me to go or anything. <laughs> I'm going with my cousin, <laughs> fellow Lord of the Rings aficionado. <laughs> I did not ask Bryce to go. I did, I absolutely didn't even didn't even <laughs> get a mention. <laughs> Have you heard of the Artcraft? No, I would be very interested oh. to go, but I guess I'm not. I guess I'll never know. Well, I'm going to take you sometime. Tickets only six dollars for the audience listening. Tickets only six dollars. Oh. This is a theater celebrating its hundredth anniversary this year. Oh wow! Uh, in Franklin, Indiana, downtown Franklin. So uh, uh, I decided to mess with my boy Zach. I mean, that's fine. But, uh, I decided to mess with him a little bit. It's. Oh, it's one of the best viewing experiences you will find. It's and it's really old timey feeling. So uh, they show a Christmas story every Christmas. It's a really it's a really cool place. Really cool place. And then some last bits of news. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead has joined the cast of Ahsoka, the show coming out on Disney Plus probably next year. So don't know who she's playing. Don't know what her role is going to be, but. She's joined the cast. And then uh, Bryce, I will let you introduce our newest segment before we get into the episode itself. Uh, well, Zach, I appreciate the, the kick over here. And, and Zach actually named this after me. Why? I don't know. Maybe as a friend, there's a favor. But we do have our new segment. I say, hang with me here, folks. It is called the Bryce Shaddy Memorial. Please miss me award. Okay. Now before, before you're just like, huh, let me explain this. Explain. Okay. The please miss me award. Okay. Please miss me is a phrase that is commonly used in our uh, friend group as some, a bit of news that is just no thanks. I don't care. I don't want to hear about this anymore. Please miss me. Uh, I don't want this running into my path. So what we have done with this segment is we have found entertainment news from the past week or so, 
or something coming up or coming out. Um, and we are going to, we each get one. And uh, we just tell you, please miss me on this TV show <laughs> or movie that we have chosen that is upcoming or news or casting that has been made. It can be anything, movie. honestly. Like, it honestly, it, it's very, it's very wide. It's very wide. But Announcement of a new project, something somebody said, whatever. We are very excited about this segment. And we think it's going to be one that will be a uh, a constant for a while. Well, Bryce, since you know what my Miss Me Award is going to this week, I want to know yours. Oh, I can even get the lead off. This is incredible. It's okay. the Bryce Shaddy Memorial Please Miss Me Award. You're right. Okay. Well, Zach, we're talking before the show. Top of the show. Uh, before we, we got on here officially. We're talking about Netflix. And the fucking round period before every pod that's right <laughs> that's right every pod should have one bill simmons this is for you <laughs> we're talking about netflix and the quality of television shows that they produce they produce a lot uh but then we talked about the the low quality films that they put out well zach let me just tell you netflix has done it again oh no it is their upcoming film premiering on January 28th. It is this home Friday. Team. Home team. Home and team. let me tell you why you can miss me with this. Okay. All right. I'll give you the synopsis of, of the film itself. Shall we? <clears throat> you shall. The story about New Orleans Saints head coach Sean Payton coaching his son's sixth grade football team when Payton was suspended for the entire 2012 season as a result of his role in the Saints bounty gate scandal. Okay, that's a decent plot, but let me tell you why you can miss me. You can miss me because Kevin James is playing Sean Payton. You want to know why else you can miss me? Because Rob Snyder's in it. <laughs> You want to know why else you can miss me? Because Taylor Lautner, who's trying to resurrect his career, took this stupid film role and is in it. Why do I care about what Sean Payton did after when he got suspended for a year? I don't care. <laughs> you can miss me with this film. Please, this better not pop up on my suggested. I don't want to see this come across my screen ever again. Please miss me. On home team. I wish there was a feature on Netflix where, you know how a Google ad will pop up and you can say, don't show me this again. Mm-hmm. I wish I could do that on, on streaming services. Please, please. I hope they bury this this movie with how crap. I can't wait to see what the IMDb is on it. In fact, do- we might do a follow-up on that. Well, I might have one already. Let's, let's see. No, let's it see. doesn't. Ah, okay. Because it hasn't been released yet. What the fuck? Yeah, okay. I agree with you. Here's why you can miss me on that too, because Taylor Lautner, your career is over. Your career is over. Please, I, please sorry. stop. Okay, you I'm can't sorry. just take your shirt off and just blow everyone away and and hide it behind your your crappy acting. And just because you did Friday Night Lights, that's probably why they hired you for this movie. And then uh, here we go, Kevin James. I mean, I don't even know what to say. What is that casting director? Do, are, is the casting director blind? Well, it's well, it, it's a uh, I believe it's a Sandler flick. For for here, here's a couple of reasons why. One, Kevin James is in it. Two, Rob Schneider's in it. Two, uh, three, Jackie Snyder or, or Jackie Sandler 
is in it. I would assume it's Sean Payton's wife, if I had to make an educated guess. Yeah. That's Adam Sandler's wife, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, I just don't. I mean, you don't even. Who asked for this? I remember when this was announced, when Kevin James was cast as Sean Payton. Number one, he doesn't even look like Sean Payton. Not even close. Yeah, and just like you said, who asked for this? Who asked for this? No one. And my suggestion to play Sean Payton was Casey Affleck. Number one, he kind of looks like him. I like it. Number two, Casey Affleck, Oscar winner, great actor. Now, if it's actually a comedy, which it sounds Uh, like. That's, yeah. Then sure, Kevin James is a nice casting, but I just don't. Who asked for this? But my question is. I hope nobody watches this. Well, what does this say about Sean Payton's son's team? That they're a bunch of schmucks? You really want that out there about you? Also, you were suspended for a year for a big fucking deal. <laughs> Trying to hurt people. Trying to get people so killed. Bounties on- <laughs> oh my God. You think Kurt Warner? Yeah, this is, this is a whole joke. This is a whole joke. This is great. Kurt Warner, a victim of Bounty Gate, is going to watch we, this. Uh, Brett Favre. You think Brett Favre is going to watch this? <laughs> Greg Williams? Greg Williams, yeah. actually, I might watch it. <laughs> I think I think Jonathan Vilma is going to go back and relive it. Joe Vitt. Joe Vitt. <laughs> Darren Sharper watching it in jail. From his cell. <laughs> the only movie he could watch in jail. <laughs> Crappy Netflix films. <laughs> You're viewing for this week. Home team. Yeah, just, yeah, I agree. Oh, That's a good geez. first Miss Me award. That's very good. <sighs> if you want an honorable mention... You don't know. I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it. All right. All right. My Miss Me Award goes to a movie called Red One. This is this is today. We heard this today. This was today. Uh, I even put this in our group chat, and I think I said something like Miss Me or No Thanks, something like that. Yeah. This movie uh, coming out on Amazon. It's an action adventure holiday film. Uh, starring Chris Evans and The Rock. <laughs> and the second part of that, The Rock, is why you can please miss me. This is, you're going to take this, this to your grave. You're going to take this to your grave. I am going to take it to That Dwayne Johnson is not an actor. He plays himself in every film. He plays himself in every fucking movie he's in. I mean, here's... I'm going to read off <laughs> Dwayne Johnson films since... I don't know. Let me, let me, I have it pulled over. The it's like way, 04, 02. The only movie I will defend him in is Fast Five. Because I think he legitimately kickstarted that franchise again. I thought he was pretty good in that movie. <laughs> and he gave that franchise some box office power. And I'll never take that away from Dwayne Johnson. He's a big time box office get. He always rakes in a lot of money. But goddamn, I'll be damned if he doesn't play the same guy in every movie he's in. 2010, we have the Tooth Fairy. That was funny. It was good. It was no, funny. Miss me. It was funny. 2012, we have Journey to the Mysterious Island. That sucked. That was trash. You miss me. Uh, 2013, we have Pain and Gain. Never we saw have, it. Uh, G.I. Joe. Trash. Trash movie. Major ass. 
garbage. 2014, we have Hercules, where he played the title role. Miss me. 2015, we have San Andreas. Fine. Alexander Daddario. That's the only reason I'll watch that again. Sure. 2016, Central Intelligence, which he wasn't okay. terrible. It was a funny film. He wasn't terrible. It was funny. Admit that it was funny. It was fine. Come on. It was funny. It was fine. Okay. All right. He also did Moana that year, which if he wants to do voiceover work, fine. Fine. Yeah, Everybody loves Moana deal. from what I can tell. So Right. Never seen it. Probably Never. won't unless I have a daughter. <laughs> yeah. You might watch it. Might. 2017, Baywatch. Whatever. Yeah, you can Again, miss me. Daddario. You can miss me on that. Well, Daddario. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Then we have Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, which Okay, okay. You've and, seen it. Yeah, the first Jumanji. Uh, well, technically the second Jumanji. It's, but it's decent. It. It's good. Not bad. Karen Gillan. Yes, please. Yes. Uh, Jack Black, a nice little Jack Black. He series. was good. Resurrection, Jack Black sighting. Teaming up with uh, Kevin Hart once again. So that's nice. Which is awesome. And in 2018, we have the double whammy of Rampage and Skyscraper. Never saw Rampage. You missed me on both. Yeah. You saw Skyscraper? Oh, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, I saw Skyscraper. I was interested. I was interested. You're okay. Interested I was interested. Gamble. I- <laughs> that's what you're interested in. Listen. Am I wrong? Listen. Listen. That movie made $300 million. How the fuck? <laughs> it's Die Hard. Oh, here you go. The Wikipedia. Skyscraper received mixed reviews from critics who praised Johnson's performance but criticized the script as cliched and too similar to the Die Hard franchise. But did you, did you read that first part? They praised Johnson. Sure they did. <laughs> sure they did because he had a prosthetic leg and wasn't playing it himself uh, totally. come, on, come on man whatever in 2019 we have Hobbs and Shaw which is just egregious made a lot of money though brainless entertainment and then the second Jumanji movie the next level it was good didn't see it it's good and last year we have uh, Jungle Cruise which Bryce you uh, saw Jungle Cruise you know what it was it wasn't bad Right. It's a Disney film. I mean, you can predict the ending. Okay. It's pretty easy. And later this year, we have Black Adam, which you can absolutely miss me. Totally miss me on. I'll watch it on HBO Max. If I, I watch will, it at all. I will reserve. I will plead the fifth on this one for now. I will save my judgments for really? later. I will. So you're a wait and see kind of guy with these things. On this, on this one, yes. Okay. That's fair. Any superhero film, I will give you a chance. Aquaman 2? I will give you a chance. Okay. If I will you also screw give me, Aquaman 2 a chance. If you screw me, I'm done. Unless yeah. Zack Snyder makes another DC movie. Swoops in and saves it. All right. So, that's nice. Inauguration. Yeah, man. Yeah, we, yeah we wrap it up. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Oh, man. I have, a, I have a pretty good one next week. Oh, you already have one for next week? I do. My God. I do. I do. Think it ahead. I like it. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Damn. All right. Well, folks, getting into episode four of the book of Boba Fett titled The Gathering Storm. Bryce, your general thoughts on this episode? That was a good episode. 
I thought it was good. Uh, I mean, none of them have really been bad. Um, I'm still enjoying some flashbacks. We're almost, I feel like we're almost there uh, mm-hmm. all the way caught up. So um, no, it's good. I mean, we got, we got more action. Uh, we got people teaming up. We got uh, back, more backstory, a little bit of everything. Might even get a little uh, Mandalorian down the road. So yeah, yeah. very exciting. Very you, exciting. <laughs> we shall get into that later, what that means. Uh, I'm with you. This is a solid episode. I think it was better than last week's. Um, the Mando tie-in uh, with Fennec. Find out how Fennec and Boba cross paths. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like the shared universe elements. Uh, but no, that was a good episode. Probably the probably the third best episode I would say so far after the first two. And yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. I think we're near the end of the flashbacks and the timelines kind of converging on each other. So, yeah. Uh, can't wait to see. A lot of our predictions actually panned out. Well, one of them for sure panned out. Yeah. Uh, Black Chrysanthemum being recruited by Boba Fett. Yes. Oh, yes. What a what a for episode for scene. Black Chrysanthemum. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> I was like, oh, all right. Yeah, I'm sure. We're, yeah, we're going to talk about that. Yes, we are. So first major plot point here. Boba reclaims his ship, uh, Slave One, with the help of Fennec. Uh, the ship was being held at Jabba's palace, which is now under the control of Bib Fortuna. Um, Bib didn't end too well for Bib in this episode. He was uh, uh, he was brutally murdered. He was dethroned, shall we say? <laughs> yeah, if you which by the way, by the way, that that visual scene was awesome. Uh huh. He murders him. Yeah, gets his body out of the way and sits on the throne with his with his gun. Ah, uh, yes. What happened to the body? Was it fed? Was it just thrown in the pit? Who cares? I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Brutally, it was a quick death for old for old Bib. There, he, got, he only got a little flash of the screen of him dying, yeah. and that was it. It was basically an off-screen death for Bib. Dang near, yeah, dang basically near. Basically, was pretty violent for a Disney Plus show. Yeah, and then they shocked me again later in the episode. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was some pretty violent stuff in The Mandalorian too, but with Boba Fett, you have to expect like you can't have a Boba Fett show and not have you know occasionally some bloody violence. I mean, you just can't. It is what it is, man. So, uh, Bib, you know, we'll get into his demise a little bit later, but didn't end well for him. But Slave One, under the control of Bib and Jabba's palace, Boba recruits Fennec because he saves her life after coming across her body in the Tatooine desert. Takes you to a mod parlor, which is a place you go to be uh, modified with cybernetics. And she needed it badly. If you guys remember in The Mandalorian, mm. he was what we thought was fatally shot by uh, a guy named Toro in their pursuit of Mando for the bounty from the Bounty Hunter Guild. Kind of badass, Bryce, how yep. she was put back together in the mod parlor. 
Yeah, man. Old boy was getting to work. I think we got a name for him now. I think it's Thundercat. Am I correct? They released a poster for him today. Yeah. Is it Thundercat? Yeah. Something like so, that. And his uh, his poster was pretty sweet. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, he was working, man. He was working. And uh, he did a heck of a job putting her back together. Not sure if all that was totally legal, what he did, or how. He was paid. He was paid. Uh, sure, hefty, hefty payment. Boba dropped a bag of coins. Now Thundercat can uh, build his cybernetic <laughs> empire. Yes, he can. So uh, imagine waking up. Imagine being Fennec and you wake up and your stomach is just wires and silver. I don't know. My thing is kind of like, bro, at least you're alive. Like, what are you getting so upset about? Yeah, I mean, when she and wakes up... you're probably built better. Yeah, you're kind of built to last now. More protection. When she does wake up, there is some like, what the hell did you do to me? Like, who are you? She doesn't even believe him when he says, I'm Boba Fett. Because right. everybody's under the impression he's dead, which is a fair which assumption. fair. That's very fair. I mean, uh, <laughs> a lot of people are asking, okay, how are you actually alive? Like, once you go in the Sarlacc pit, like... It's kind of over. You don't come out. And he never took his helmet off. Ever. Right. So who knows the last time anybody saw him without his helmet before, you know, Return of the Jedi. But maybe never. Maybe when he was a kid. Maybe that's it. So, uh, like I said, Fennec was shot by Toro in their pursuit of Mando. They take back Slave 1. And Fennec uh, decides to stay on with Boba. Their original deal was that she would bail after helping him, and she decides to stay, Bryce. I mean, what other option did she have? I, I get the valuing the freedom thing, but, like, isn't it kind of nice just to kind of settle down, No things are going to be taken care of with Boba? You're not really the main attraction. You just got to provide some protection. You got a place to sleep, got some food to eat. Uh, everything you could ever want because you're literally the right-hand man of a crime lord. It's a nice partnership. I mean, being a bounty hunter has to be lonely. I mean, you're by yourself. Yeah. Hunting people. If you don't death. get a job, you don't eat. Right. So Boba, you know, a little dry, a little dry for, to, you know, to be around, but seems like a good boss. It's all right. It's fine. So, it's fine. Can't be that bad, I don't think. Uh, and then, after retrieving the ship, we get the absolute carnage of uh, the biker gang that took out the Tuscan Raiders. And that was a quick L. Bryce, this was my favorite scene in the whole episode. This was an obliteration. <laughs> I mean, he really just didn't stand up, a chance. Just rolls up and just fires. Gone. That look on his face was of pure vengeance and hatred. Yeah. He just took them all out. I mean, this was this was his adopted family, basically. Yeah. Well and he took we won't out. be seeing any of them anymore. No, they they were put in a sandy grave, that's for sure. Uh and they did not get a proper send off like the Tuscans did. They were just no. left where they no. were shot. Down. Enjoy becoming sand with the rest of the <laughs> desert. Enjoy that. Enjoy that. Get dried up like the oceans, please. Please, please. And then Boba, uh, you know, as we know now in the Mandalorian, he gets his armor back, but 
Boba did look for his armor in the Sarlacc pit. He was under the impression it was still there. If you remember in the first episode, he was knocked out when the Jawas came and stole it. Uh, we get the return of the seismic charge, Bryce. Oh, how I've missed you. If you, everyone knows those famous uh, seismic charges from the asteroid chase in episode two, Attack of the Clones. Oh, yes. When Django and Boba are eluding Obi-Wan in that famous chase, those bombs. Oh, my God. Oh, it oh. brings me back to my childhood because just that had- sound. Right. If you were in the theater or if you if your dad had surround sound, you already know that your dads were enjoying surround sound right in the early 2000s. And they were jacking the sound up. And when those things hit as a kid, bro, you just want to put like a pillow over your ears or plug your ears. It was so loud. Um, And it was awesome. The delayed, awesome. the delayed sound. I mean, and you know what's coming. You're like, oh no, oh no. You know exactly what it sounds like. I mean, as soon as you see the charge itself, I just think of the sound. Let me tell you, there there are two entertainment sounds that will always bring you back to your childhood. One is the seismic charge. Yes. The second one. Is the stupid THX sound introduction thing <laughs> that was unnecessarily loud in every freaking movie? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, don't you? And you can never find the remote. Yes. No, no, you can't. You can't. I think we saw a TikTok on that the other yeah, day. Yeah. And it's, just, I mean, it's, it's so true. It's so true. THX, a George Lucas invention. George Lucas did a hell of a lot for audio and did a hell of a lot for. Special effects. And guess and what they guess what they did for the for the uh, latest trilogy that we had? Nothing, the because they didn't ask him. The shadow. It's a joke. Uh, you know, because when you have the creator himself sitting there, why would you use him? I mean, well, why? 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 Yeah, no. why would you? No, I mean, we got it. Thanks. Sorry. I have no plan. I don't know what I'm doing. JJ Abrams. I'll do it. I'll do it. Yeah, I know what to do. I did Star Trek. I can do it. Yeah. Uh, so the seismic charge returns. That was very nice. The Sarlacc pit finally, uh, I confirmed it in my research. The Sarlacc pit is dead. Uh, well, I would hope so. I mean, that if he just ate a seismic charge, I don't know, dude, I, I don't think I'd ever get close to the Sarlacc pit ever again. He's gone. Sarlacc, uh, rest in peace. Here lies Sarlacc. Gone. Then Boba is uh, back to the present here. Boba is informed that he's fully healed upon his exit in the back to tank. So presumably we're not going to see any more back to tank trips. Uh, Supposedly he is done with those. And then Bryce black chrysanthemum, black chrysanthemum with his triumphant rageful return. Uh, Explain, explain it to us. Paint the picture. Well, I mean, they're just, he's black or Santana sitting there just in, having a drink, obviously upset. He's he's jobless. He's probably a little tipsy. If I did make a guess, there's some folks just gambling at a table. What right? did they do to him? That, dude, that was my question. I was going <laughs> to ask you, like, like, did I miss something? But no, no, no. They're just, no. And then black or Santana just goes into a fit of rage uh, just starts beating these three dudes up for no reason whatsoever. 
Uh, and uh, there ends up being a limb taken off one of them, um, more specifically an arm, after the owner of the bar tries to talk him down and honestly does a pretty good job. Says, hey, you can drink for free. Put the guy down. Everything's cool. Free drinks. I mean, that's all you had to say. Free drinks. Yeah, put him down. Uh, not making him pay for any damage he did. And right. wiping his tab clean. Right. At least you just put the dude down and leave. And honestly, if you're the guy coming out with three limbs. What if he's got a family? What if he goes home and says, yeah, my arm got ripped off tonight? Yeah, you won't believe this. Yeah. One's a money, but I also lost a limb. <laughs> yeah. What did it cost? Everything. A limb. <laughs> It's sad. It's kind of sad. As Boba just looks on. It was at that moment he decided, I'm going to recruit this guy. Yeah, it's probably a good idea. I, I'm telling you, because he doesn't want him coming back. If he doesn't hire him, some one of his enemies will. Yeah, not a guy you want to be facing off. I mean, Boba fought him last week. Fought. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, he got his butt whipped. Quote, unquote. It took his quote. entire army fought. to beat him. <laughs> But that was my question was, what the fuck does this guy do to you, Chris Hansen? He just bodied his ass. So uh, unsuspecting schmucks was how I described those guys. At the That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Takes a man's arm off. And then Boba almost in that moment hires him for the upcoming war with the Pike Syndicate. So that assumption from last week, that guess was uh, confirmed. It was made into a reality. Yes, sir. This week. So Chrysanthemum joins the FET army. And finally, Boba hosts a dinner with the other crime bosses of Mos Espa, uh, former associates of Jabba the Hutt, uh, and presumably Bib Fortuna after that. Uh, Boba initially tries to recruit them to unite everyone against the Pike syndicate for the upcoming war. They refuse. They refuse. They don't respect both. Vehemently. Vehemently refuse. Uh, unanimous refusal. They don't respect Boba yet, even though he has, you know, accrued this army, um, recruited black chrysanthemum. They refuse him. They don't respect him like they did Jabba. Uh, but the rancor, the new pet Rancor makes itself known. <laughs> yes, he does. And Boba meets them in the middle. He convinces them to remain neutral in the conflict. So they will not be I'm not buying it. Or I'm not buying it. You're not buying it. Why? I'm not buying it. I'm not buying that they're going to remain neutral. Everyone picks a side. Everyone picks a side. I don't buy it at all. And Boba's wrath is going to rain down after he defeats the Pike Syndicate with his army. I'm That's when you. he will take full, full full control. Yeah, I'm kind of with you because you know these are crime lords, and they have they're always looking for their next big buck. And I have to. They're gonna pick a side here. They're either gonna be like, all right, Boba is gonna get through the pikes, and he's gonna be the new Jabba, or they're gonna pick the pikes if they think Boba doesn't have a chance and he's a fool. For going against the Pikes. And let me tell you, if you go against Boba and he wins, he won't forget that. He won't no, forget he won't that you were against him. And he also won't forget if you were with him. So Boba is all about loyalty. As you can tell, the Gamorreans, he took a lot of pride in their loyalty. And he's very loyal to Fennec. So he's not going to forget. 
So finally, the episode ends. Fennec Shand suggests reinforcements. Oh uh, yeah. For the coming conflict. Uh, uh, the Mandalorian uh, theme uh, playing <laughs> over the end credits. Uh, I mean, my God. Oh, uh, yes. Is this yes. So let's just get into questions. Let's just get into questions. I, let's, let's just go for it. Just lead into questions. Let's go for it. Will Mando himself appear? Yes. You think he will? Yes, here's why I think he will. One, okay, this is not Marvel. We don't pussyfoot around here in Star Wars. Okay? No, we bring Luke when we, Skywalker. When, <laughs> that's right. When, we, when they say we're going to have a cameo, we're going to have a freaking cameo. This is, and Mandalorian is it, baby. Oh. This is it. Here's, we, I, listen, listen. We do not have any rumors or confirms no. or quotes or anything. This is pure speculation. But when you put a Mandalorian theme song in the show, I can only go with my gut here. <sighs> Please bring Pedro Pascal back on my screen. Please. I mean, listen. A Marvel cameo, according to Elizabeth Olsen, <laughs> is... Uh, a, a Quicksilver X-Men universe cameo, which turns out to be a joke. And they name him Ralph Boner. It still could be in the multiverse. I'm just saying it could be, but as of this moment, his name was Ralph Boner. Uh, a Star Wars cameo. On the other hand, you have Luke Skywalker in the series in the season finale of your show. Probably one of the biggest characters in the franchise. If yeah. Yeah. Um, you have Darth Maul at the end of Solo. That's a cameo. That's a cameo. Not fucking fake Quicksilver from another universe. Okay. Elizabeth? Didn't another Marvel show do that? Did Falcon and Winter Soldier do that? I think they did that. Or was think, it Loki? Yeah. Might have been both of them, honestly. I know for a fact WandaVision did. You believe that was a year ago? WandaVision? Boy, what a time. What a time. I think it was Loki. I think it was Loki because people didn't know the big bad was going to be at the end and nobody expected somebody we'd never seen before. Which Yeah, how's that for a cameo? Oh, thanks. I don't care if you're going to be in Ant-Man 3. I've never seen you before. (laughs) So sorry, Kang. Uh, I think he's going to show up too just because Star Wars comes through on their cameos. You can throw Ahsoka in there too if you want. Um, I don't buy that. I mean, uh, in terms of cameos. In terms of cameos. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's fair. No, that's fair. No, I I agree with you. That's fair. Here's some other potential reinforcements, Bryce, that I jotted down. Grief Karga, who is portrayed by Carl Weathers in The Mandalorian. Interesting. The leader of the Bounty Hunter Guild. Well, we know he can definitely throw down some cover fire. Absolutely, he can. He's undefeated. Bo-Katan. Interesting. Current wielder of the Darksaber. If I'm not mistaken, right? Yes. Yes, the Darksaber. Cobb Vanth portrayed I'm, with the Oliphant. I'm rooting for that. Yes. I think they all left on good terms. I like Oliphant. 
I would not complain if he's on my screen again. Love him. And then lastly, I had Ahsoka. That's not going to happen. It's not going to no, happen. No. It's not going to happen at all. But what's she doing right now? She's not training Grogu. Luke is. Luke is training Grogu. She's not busy. I don't know. I don't see her trying to fight the Pike Syndicate. What's her deal with the Pike Syndicate, it though? Helped, it would help to have a Jedi on your side. That's all I'm saying. Uh, I don't What's her deal with the Pikes? I mean, she's dealt with the Pikes in the Clone Wars, so she's not down with the Pikes, but... Well, yeah, but I don't know. I'm not buying it. Again, long shot, not going to happen, but I threw her in there just in case. Uh, Some other questions. No Trejo in this episode, which I thought was interesting. No, no, no Trejo. He'll be back. He'll be back. He'll be back, which leads me to my final question. Will the Rancor be used in the war with the Pikes? It has to be yes. Uh, yeah, I think that's a that's a very obvious yes, and it's going to be violent. He's going to be ridden. He's going to eat someone. <laughs> someone. Someone's. Are there prop bets on what the Rancor is going to do? There's got to be some prop bets somewhere. Where's well, the thing with the Rancor is it has some training, right? But I'm under the impression it has never been like let off its leash out in the wild like on a battlefield and i'm thinking we're gonna see that because boba wants to ride that thing and he's going and he to will. ride it and he will absolutely will he's going to ride it in battle against the pikes and they're going to get fucked up royally yeah the, it will be the, the ultimate equalizer by the new damio boba fett next category who got it the worst uh my only uh, one here was the schmuck at the casino who lost a limb. I think that's the only answer. I mean, he <laughs> lost a limb. He lost a, we're talking about a limb. For no reason. For no reason. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's it. And then probably the most famous segment on Circle City Cinema, the Block in the Back Award, for the most brainless decision. Ah, yes. Couple, couple candidates here. We have the Biker Gang. I mean, guys, what did you expect to happen? You thought you were going to get away with this? <laughs> Sorry. Bib Fortuna. Uh, keeping, what did he do, though? He was keeping Boba's ship and just thought he could keep it. I don't know. Bib Fortuna. Just, <laughs> just schmuck. And then I have Boba himself for flying into the Sarlacc pit. Almost getting himself killed. I'm going with the biker gang, but I thought yeah, Boba... I, yeah, I think you have to go with the biker gang because they lost their lives. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No one's even going to remember this gang. Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> maybe that bar, because maybe they go to that bar and spend a bunch of money there, but no one's going to remember them. Well, that's the case. That bar is going out of business because yeah. the gang is never coming back. <laughs> so, so yeah i mean it's it's definitely a biker gang it's got to be brainless brainless decision uh before we get into big winner and big loser i have a history lesson for us ah uh, yes on the uh, ship yes. slave one uh runs in the fat family i am reading this bryce not from online from my very own i'm holding it right here on camera 
My lord. Ultimate Star Wars encyclopedia. Look at that. Look Purchased at, that. at Barnes and Noble a long, long time ago. <laughs> so some a little history lesson here. Inherited by the bounty hunter Boba Fett from his father Django. The pursuit vessel Slave One has sophisticated anti-detection gear that ensures very few fugitives ever see their captor coming, as we saw in Attack of the Clones. Um, runs in the family. Again, the famous chase in Attack of the Clones with Obi-Wan. It's also heavily featured in uh, the Clone Wars. Uh, Boba uses it to enact a trap against Mace Windu. It doesn't work. Uh, he's trying to get revenge against Mace, but it didn't work. No, it did not. And then finally, it was used to hold the carbonite-stricken Han Solo in Empire Strikes Back. Mm. It was used to transport Han Solo to Jabba the Hutt's palace. Yes. So, very famous episode. One of the most easily distinguishable ships in the Star oh, Wars. You universe. definitely know who it is. You definitely know. You definitely know what it is. So, slave one history lesson. There you go, folks. Bryce, your big winner. My big winner. I mean, I. I think it's got to be Fennec Shan too. I mean, it's. it's I don't know. She. I mean, you got a brand new body. You, you're built for battle now. Death. Right. Yeah. You cheated death. You got a pretty awesome boss. Um, you're going to be second in command to a crime lord uh, that is going to run Tatooine. Yes. It's big time. Big time. Big time. I'm also going to Fennec Shan for all the reasons you said. Uh, Boba was a close second just for getting his ship back and uh, really setting the tone with the other crime lords, kind of showing them who was the boss. Your big loser, Bryce, I'll go first. I had two. Uh, biker gang, the rare big loser winner and block in the back. Yeah. Double double winner, biker gang. And also I had the Sarlacc pit because it was finally put to death. So I had two big losers for this episode. Well, I mean, you could uh, you go with the big loser. You go with the guy that got his arm off, uh, taken off yes. by Black Kersantan. Um, I... Interesting, interesting, interesting. Um, I am going to go with the other crime lords, the other crime leaders, ah. the biggest loser, because I think they're bluffing. They say they they uh, they're going to remain neutral. I don't buy it. I don't buy it because you guys are going to end up being big losers. And we're going to revisit this this segment. And I'm going to have you on there again when you all die. And I'm not going to apologize for it. Yeah, I'm not going to apologize for it. No, you shouldn't. I mean, biker game, you did it to yourselves. That's the that's the bottom line here. And finally, our second Star Wars top five of this series. Last week we did top five favorite Star Wars characters. Tonight so we're doing the top five favorite Star Wars movies. Bryce, we'll start with number five. Give me your number five. My number five. Episode two, Attack of the Clones. Ah. Yes, 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 yes. I uh, this is you know 
I don't remember much about one when I was a kid, but number two definitely sticks out in my mind. Um, I like this one, you know, people have their quarrels with it. That's fine. That's fine. But I like it. I enjoyed it. Probably my most famous or my, my, uh, the best scene for me in that movie is probably the, uh, gladiator, gladiator arena scene where just all hell breaks loose. Um, you got that, you know, another notable star Wars monster, uh, with those massive legs. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, the famous scratches across Padme's chest. Mm -hmm. Um, the first time you see Mace Windu's lightsaber. And it was awesome. Yes. It was awesome. I mean, just, yeah. Fantastic scene. Fantastic scene. One of the best battle scenes. My number five is also attack of the clones. Oh, looky there. Looky there. All right. I'm You know, I'm wondering now, I'm wondering if we could be similar. Well, we'll see. We we shall see. Okay. All right. right. Attack of the clones considered by some to be the worst of the prequels. I don't know what you guys are. That's a joke. It's one and it's not close. And, you know, are there parts of this movie that suck? Yeah. All the Padme, Anakin stuff. Oh, it's so dramatic. It's very hard to, very poor writing, number one, and very just like. Cringy. It just wasn't its identity. Didn't feel authentic. It did not feel like they were actually in love. Kind of redeemed that in episode three. Episode three redeemed a lot of. One of the saving, one of the amazing things of episode three, among other things, is just the mistakes it it salvaged and rectified in previous movies. So, Attack of the Clones. Also, my signature moment from that one is the stadium battle. Like I said, first time you see Mace Windu's lightsaber, and then it leads into the Battle of Geonosis itself, where Anakin gets his arm cut off by Count Dooku. Count Dooku fights Yoda. It's the first time you ever see Yoda in action. First movie we ever saw CGI Yoda. Uh, and then a little tidbit I liked, Dooku with the Death Star plans. I liked that. It was interesting. I liked it. It was a nice little callback to the originals. Um, celebrating its 20th anniversary this year. Attack of the Clones. Oh, dude, 20 years. Oh. Bryce, you're number four. Yeah, so I'm going with Rogue One. All right. Yes. Going with Rogue One. Um, I had really bad feelings about this movie after my first watch on it. Did you really? Um, Because, yeah, because at the end, okay, look, everyone's had enough time. You should have seen it by now. Everyone dies. That's not a Star Wars ending. I'm sorry. It's just not. Um, But the more I look back on it, the more I look at it, uh, you know, it makes sense. And it's a poetic ending. Um, it was awesome. My favorite scene from that is probably probably where they get the where they get the uh, the file off, where they finally get it through, yeah. goes off. You have that final moment before everything is blown to hell. Um, man, good film. Good film. It's very it's 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 amazing film. Uh, it's also my number four, Rogue One. <laughs> oh, I like where we're heading with this. Folks, we I like not, where we're heading with this. We did not consult. We, did, we didn't even talk about this. No, I just said, hey, get your five movies ready. Like, we, we know which, we probably knew each other's five. Well, at least, you know, maybe three or four, but not in the, not in the order here. I think we're going to continue it. 
Rogue One, also my favorite. Uh, my fourth favorite. I'm going with the Vader destruction in the hallway scene. One of the great trailers. Wow, past, you're okay. All right. One of the great trailers of the past like 10 years. Uh, people were kind of like, so it's a Star Wars movie, but it's not the main saga. Mm. Force Awakens just came out. Like, what? What is this? And then no. at the end of the trailer, you get Vader breathing and you get him to see him from the back. Awesome. Yeah, let me let me tell you about that trailer, Zach. So I believe it aired during a football game. Yeah, so I worked at Best Buy for about four years. Um, I would continuously have, you know, television company reps come in. They would give us content to show on their television televisions to show off their stuff. We had a Rogue One trailer from Samsung in 4K. Oh. That would just play endlessly. Oh. Yeah. So if you love that trailer, dude, you would have loved to be me for about, you know, four or five months. One of the great trailers. One of my liked videos on YouTube. Rogue wow. Trailer. Wow. I mean, that's Look at you. That was an awesome trailer. Awesome trailer. James Earl Jones reprising his role as Darth Vader. Awesome. Plus, you get Jyn Erso. Uh, you get K2SO, one of the great droids. You get uh, Cassian Andor. So, beautiful, beautiful movie, honestly. My number three, Bryce. I'll take number three. All right. The Empire Strikes Back. The Empire Strikes We're going to differ. We're going to differ. All right. We're going to differ. Right. Empire Strikes Back, uh, probably if you're just talking from a pure film critic standpoint, probably the best Star Wars film. One of the greatest films of all time, period. The Empire Strikes Back. Uh, one of the films, one of those films where the villain unquestionably wins. Unquestionably wins. Yeah. Um, my favorite, I'm not even going to bring up the Luke Vader battle or the reveal just because that's cheating. That's obviously the signature moment, but I'm going to go with the bounty hunter showcase where all the bounty hunters are standing together with Darth Vader. Uh, okay. just shows you. All right. Wow. That's, that's wow, you badass. dug deep. You dug deep for that one. It was a badass scene though. It was bad. Yeah. Yeah. First. Okay. First visual of Boba Fett. Yeah. Uh, and you just see how obsessed Darth Vader is with finding Luke. And then I have the opening Hoth battle. Taking down the the walkers. Amazing. Yeah, what well, that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. Yes. All right. All right. Well, well my number three, Zach, we're gonna differ here. I'm gonna go with Return of the Jedi. Which I would presume is gonna end up in your list as well. But uh, I mean this is uh, it's not talked highly about as much as I'd like it to be. I think it's an awesome movie because it's, it's a perfect ending, right? You get them walking out, they get medals around their neck. They live happily ever after all that good stuff. But probably my, my favorite scene is gotta be when, when they have Luke and Leia and Han and they're making them walk the plank to go to the Sarlacc pit. Yes. And then R2D2 just absolutely drops a dime to Luke. What a dime with his lightsaber we see the nice green lightsaber and it's awesome everyone gets slayed murdered 
murdered Boba Fett, <laughs> Sarlacc Pit, and here we are. Here we are today, folks. Here we, we are. Have come, we have come <laughs> from 1970, right. 80, wherever, whenever six was released. And here we are in 2022, the second generation of Star Wars fans talking about Boba Fett's return. Who would have thought? Not me. Look at us. Not me. Look at us, Zach. <laughs> so that's my number three. Well, I switched back and forth with my two and three. I didn't know what to Come do. Come on. I know what number. I know there's no way that you couldn't have put your. I know what your top movie is. My number two is Return of the Jedi. That's what I thought. Return That's what I thought. You're so predictable, Griffith. Uh, listen, listen. Return of the Jedi, I'm totally with you. Maybe the most overlooked Star Wars movie. It is. And it's very highly rated. Very highly rated. I think it's like an 8.3 in IMDb. It's good. I mean, it's, it's very good. It holds it was up. Just, it holds up. It was just uh, inducted into the National Film Registry, which is... In some ways, the Hall of Fame of movies. I mean, it's just—I just love it. I just love—I love everything about What's it. What's your scene, man? What's your scene? It's my favorite of the originals. My scene is the Luke Vader rematch on the Death. Okay, Star. fair enough. With the famous green. I mean, I know Luke started out with the blue lightsaber that was his dad's, but I just anytime I think of Luke Skywalker, I think of that green—that green lightsaber because. I just that's just that's just what I think. That's yeah, just what I think of. And the all black. Oh uh, yeah. As a newly minted, new, well trained Jedi Knight, Jedi Master in the making, soon to be a top three most powerful Jedi of all time. I just and the score, the score uh, when he fights Vader, when Vader brings makes the mistake of bringing up Leia. The famous line, if you will not turn to the dark side, then perhaps she will. And then Luke says, oh, 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 oh. And then of course, Jabba the Hutt. You know, you, you've, we've heard so much about Jabba the Hutt in the previous two episodes, and then we actually see him. It's it's amazing. So Get another creature. Dude, I'm telling you, Star Wars. The death Wars. of Yoda. Ah, that was tough. The confirmation. That Anakin is the father. Just yes. What were you gonna say, Bryce? Said man, I just Star Wars and the creatures that they create and come up with. I feel like all of them hold up. They do. And they're just they're just awesome. Like you're telling me a Wampa wouldn't hold up. The Wampa holds up from episode five. The Rainbow holds up. Yes. Jabba holds up. Well, speaking of Wampas, Empire is my number two. Yes. I have it number two because of one of the biggest cinematic reveals in history. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but probably my scene, honestly, is probably the Wampa scene, the opening Wampa scenes. Yeah. Wampa is um, savage, right? I, uh, Yeah, dude. Like, like it looks bad for Luke. Um, kind of looks weak. Got taken out by Wampa. Easily. Um, kind of a joke. <laughs> uh, kind of weird, you know. They stuff them inside a wampa. That's mm. yeah, they do. They yeah, do. weird guts, weird looking bean guts, you know. Hey, <laughs> but I, I really enjoyed the wampa hoth scenes. I really did. So that's my number two. Hoth, one of my favorite planets. 
on Star Wars. It's yeah. awesome. Well, Zach, I know we share number one. Yes, we do. We do. My number one is Revenge of the Sith. And if As you, is mine. If you've listened to this pod before, you know my feelings are Revenge of the Sith. Not only is it my favorite Star Wars film, it's one of my 10 favorite films of all time. Probably a top five. You had to go out and buy it on 4K. Did yes, you pay full price? I absolutely did. I paid $22. $22. I don't care. I didn't care how much it cost. I didn't care. And the for signature moment, I mean, I mean, for you, Bryce, and for me, when we were introduced to Star Wars, this was it. The prequels. That was Star Wars for us. Uh, Revenge of the Sith, for me, it was the first Star Wars movie I saw in the theater. I was... I believe I was eight years old. My dad took me to see it. Well, it drew the PG-13 rating. Drew the PG-13 rating. Probably could have been rated R without graphic Anakin's demise was. I mean, that was was very... Very graphic. There's a case. It stays with you. It stays with you as an eight-year-old. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. But uh, it's my favorite. I think it's the best. It's definitely the best of the prequels. There's no doubt about that. Um, I just, I love this movie. I love everything about it. Uh, my signature moment, I wanted to put the whole movie, but I didn't. Because that's a cop out. So I put the simultaneous battle of Obi-Wan and Anakin, and then at the same time, you have Palpatine and Yoda. Yeah, I think that I think those scenes are hard to beat. Um, that would be my scene as well. I'm going to go with a visual, though. Ah. Okay. This is weird. I, do, I enjoy um, just glimpses of scenes. Like, I like to pick out just visuals, just still visuals. Probably... Some of the best work was when they have Anakin with his hood up and he turns and you can see that look in his eye and you're like, oh, man. Sith yellow. Oh, man. Sith yellow. It's over. It's yeah. over. Like, I can't believe this is happening. Yeah. That, that right there, that's a sick shot. It's, it's a hell of a shot. Him marching into the Jedi Temple. I mean, yeah, it's brutal. You have the entirety of Order sixty six. You have Palpatine becoming the Darth Sidious that we know from the original trilogy. Get to see how he was disfigured and all that. I like the little Yoda Palpatine shit talking right before they fight. Yeah, that was fun. I like that. Awesome battle scene. Awesome battle scene. Um. Just, I can't say enough about Revenge of the Sith. I love it. It is one of the most tragic movies. Again, another one where the villains unquestionably win. Right, man. Revenge of the Sith. Which sucks because it, it put a capstone on that entire series at the time. Yeah. And that's what you have to end with. Yeah. And that's the oh, thing what like, a tragedy, dude. When you really think about it, it's such a tra- Anakin Skywalker is such a tragic character. It's. I mean, I told you this at work off the record, but Star Wars is just the first six episodes. I mean, the only episodes I consider <laughs> that I count. It's it's the greatest story in the history of cinema. 
It really is. It's well, the story it, of Anakin Skywalker. So let me let me. It's probably the greatest run of a of a film franchise, right? Of six good movies, right? I don't think that you're going to find a franchise that you know have maybe made some in the past have come back as part of the franchise. You're not going to see. Six, I don't even know. Like, okay, you could say MCU, but that's kind of cheating because the, like the sample size is so large. I mean, will we have like 30 movies already when you're talking about one character or in this case, father and son, if you're talking about just one singular character, it's the greatest cinematic story ever told. I mean, I can't think of anything better. It's just six episodes of the rise of somebody, the fall and the redemption. It's just, it's all, it's all there. Well, yeah, all the, all the major storytelling themes are there. The most basic. The tragedy. Oh man. The the tragedy, the romance. Dang it, Zach. You're going to have me going back and watching all the Star Wars now. Redemption. I mean, it's just, you say what you want about Luke Skywalker and he deserves all the praise, but the story, the, it's about Anakin Skywalker. Slash Darth Vader. It's about Absolutely. that. It's about that guy. And it's just, it's the greatest cinematic story ever told. And I'll go Zach, to my grave. Let me ask you this. When you have kids. Yes. How will you show them Star Wars? In release order. I'll show them the original trilogy first. As I was shown it. You know, my dad showed me. That's fair. My dad showed me the VHS. He had the VHS oh. original trilogy. Yep. So did my dad. And let me tell you, I wore, I literally wore them out. Literally. Like they yeah. did not work. I still have them. They're in my, they're in my collection with all my Blu-rays and 4Ks and DVDs. They're, they're the only VHS tapes in that collection. You know, your kids are going to ask you, what are those? And I'm going to say, I'll tell you what they are. <laughs> they're just awesome covers too. Really awesome. Yes, dude. That's the thing. Like every release that they do, like re-release, like they come up with some way to, I don't know, dude, it looks awesome. And honestly, just about anyone, anyone, like even if you go to your grandparents' house and they're not like really in touch with like film or anything, I can almost guarantee they own it. Yeah. I mean, I know for a fact, my grandpa owns the Empire Strikes Back. Um, I mean, he just, it's the greatest cinematic story ever told. And it's, you know, I can't wait. It just gets passed down from generation to generation. I can't think of another film franchise. Maybe The Godfather. That just gets passed down from one generation to the next of, we have to watch this. Like, you have to, you have to see this. Film's a beautiful thing. Star Wars Saga is one of the things you have to watch before you die. Whether you're a sci-fi fan or not, whether you're a nerd or not, you, you have to, you have to, you just have to. So yes, we got pretty deep there about star Wars, but star Wars is, it means a lot to a lot of people. Else included. Uh, fine. All right, Bryce, some plugs, some plugs. We have on insanity coming up. Well, um, we just had, uh, (laughs) 
Dude, what a time to be alive, man. Honestly, seriously. I mean, we just watched probably the greatest divisional round of in NFL playoff history. Probably. I mean, to cap it off with the Sunday night game, that was just out of this. It will probably be on NFL replay, NFL classics, anywhere you look. Um, That'll be a game you talk to your kids about. Uh, So that's what we're going to be doing. And uh, Zach, did I hear you might have a certain guest appearance? Is that correct? Listen, listen, I I received an invitation in the mail to a party of one. We like to be formal. We like to be formal. (laughs) And party of one to, to the Linsanity podcast. I think I, I think I might just accept the invitation uh, for this Wednesday. I, that'd be wise. <laughs> so yes, you guys did wild card last week, divisional this week. That'll be fun. I've been on Linsanity all season. I don't think. Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. So can't wait for that. I can't wait for that. Uh, power hour covering the jazz, the Kings and the bulls this week. Uh, Alex and Dylan broke them down for you. Uh, Bulls, I think, second in the East right now. So, not too bad. Mm-hmm. Kings, dumpster. Uh, dumpster fire. Cinema. Please give us Aaron Fox. Please, please, please. Take some bonus, please. Cinema. Bryce and I have Boba episode five next week. And then, That's of course, right. all the things I said last week uh, still apply. They're still on the horizon. Um, I'm going to do a scream pod once that movie is released, Uh-oh. uh, for home video, I will be covering the original one Uh-oh. and I'll also be covering the, the new one from, from this year. So I was very pleased with it. Uh, iffy feelings on the ending, but I was very pleased. And then anniversary pods, like I said, uh, no exact release date on this, but I'll be covering the 10 year anniversary of Django Unchained, Skyfall, and Silver Linings Playbook all in one episode. And then I'm also bringing back, uh, I did the we did this once. We actually, we had two episodes of this. Bring back the character breakdowns. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. Bring back Who'd, the character breakdowns. Who'd you have in mind? Uh, I have. Let me pull up my uh, Google Doc. I had to fish it out. I was. Oh, I had to go back like a year oh, and a half. Oh man. Yeah. Dude, that's uh, exciting. That that that's really exciting. Let me pull this out. This was it was a great idea. Great it idea. is. Here's a couple I have. Anton Sugar from No Country for Old Men. Yep. I have Loki from the MCU. I have Maximus from Gladiator. Yeah. I have the Bride from Kill Bill. <laughs> Rick Dalton. Ah, uh, yeah, man. I saw that on TV this weekend. It made it to TV. I like it. I love it. I love it. Good. <laughs> Good. And I have Hannibal Lecter from Silence of the Lambs. Oh, jeez. Are you sure you want to do an analysis on that? I feel like it's. Oof. It's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough. I also have Logan from uh, Wolverine. Yes. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, Michael Corleone from The Godfather. Ah uh, yes. So yes, if you remember that from Ooh. I think it was last year. I'm bringing that back. Bringing yeah, that back. dude, that'd be awesome, man. Bring it back. Uh, those are nice short episodes. They're only like 30, 45 minutes each. So. They're good. If you like, if you like short pods, they're good for you. 
All right, Bryson. That's all we got. Yep, that's it. Another week in the books. Episode four in the books. We'll be back with episode five next week. And as always, folks, thank you very much for listening.